Welcome to Mysterious Goings On, the podcast about creativity, writing, and mystery. Every week, we talk about all kinds of great fiction and meet the people who write it. We also feature explorations about creativity in all walks of life. Your host, Alex Greenwood, will join you right after this. You know, they say politics makes for strange bedfellows, but so does a pandemic. (laughs) And so does social media for that matter. I don't know about you listeners, but have you ever, I don't know, followed a a social media thread and it was a lot of like-minded people, but there was that one person who just stood out and not because they always in lockstep agreed with you or, or you with them, but because they were so intelligent and interesting and seemingly open-hearted that you're just like, I want to get to know that person. Well, you're in luck today because you're going to get to know a person just like that, who I met, believe it or not, through social media, through the internet, and somebody who is at the beginnings of his writing career. And I always love to talk about people who are, you know, very close to the beginning. He's, I'm not saying he just started yesterday, but he's pretty close to the beginning of where he started rolling into writing. And during the pandemic, this gentleman rediscovered his passion for writing because he had done it before college. And I'm sure in school, we'll learn more about that. And on a whim, he entered a short script into a contest and he placed. (laughs) His name is Lucas Hardwick. And he also spends a great amount of time writing movie essays, which I've read, they're so good, and reviews, and is now published in a couple of magazines. He's pretty new to the writing scene, as I said, and while working a full-time job, he's had to get really creative about his creativity. So he's here today to talk about his writing journey and how he's made it work for him. Let's stop hearing from me. Let's start hearing from my friend, I can say that, Lucas Hardwick. Welcome to Mysterious Goings On. Hey, well, I'm I'm happy uh, to be able to call you friend as well. Dude, uh did i get it right we what what we were on some kind of a star trek uh related tip weren't we uh yeah it was uh well i, I would i saw you posting about star trek stuff and i think we were pretty like-minded on some recent star trek stuff and uh, kind of bonded over that and uh and then of course i listened to your your i was very inspired by your michael pellico story oh um and um and that's where that's when I, I reached out to you personally and said, uh, you know, I, I really uh, connect to this story because you took a chance and it gave you an opportunity. And and I'm kind of like, I, I hope I have that opportunity one day. So uh, that was that was a very moving story. And I really I really just connected with that. Well, thank you. And folks, there'll be a link in the show notes if you haven't listened to it. It's the episode called One Last Moonbow, and it's my uh, all too brief uh, friendship and uh, foray into screenwriting, at least for now. Um, but uh, speaking of screenwriting, so you just saw something online about entering a, a screenplay contest. Is that well, right? Yeah, I uh, over the pandemic, you know, I had a couple of months off work. And uh, I'm just sitting around and watching a lot of movies and, and to make that worthwhile, to make that worth my time, uh, I started writing about it. I'm like, if I'm going to be watching movies and I have these thoughts about them, I'm going to make it worth my while and, and record my thoughts about this. And as I'm doing this, it just happened to be that I'm in this movie mindset and on my uh, Facebook feed, there's this ad for, for a killer shorts, a contest called Killer Shorts, where they take horror shorts. Um, into a contest and uh 
you know, it had to be anywhere. The script had to be one to 25 pages. And I'd had this idea rolling around in my head about, <laughs> about a guy with a, a possessed tooth, a, a, well, a possession that had manifest in his tooth. And the, and the, the kind of the kicker of the thing is the tooth starts communicating with him in, in the script and, and, and in a very obnoxious, annoying way. And it eventually leads the guy to madness. It's like a hairy call at the end of the conversation kind of thing where he's tearing his apartment apart, trying to find this sound, you know, um, it's one of those situations. Anyway, I wrote this thing. It was about 19 pages. I, it was like August. I finally got it done. Final drafted it in August of 2020 and in February of 2021, when they finished everything, finished every, the first round of, of placements, I got quarter finalist. And I'm telling you, this is the second script I have ever written in my life. <laughs> the first one was a script I wrote in college. It was this cringy, I took a screenwriting class in college. And it was this cringy sort of Kevin Smith, Tarantino knockoff thing. Uh, I had a lot of fun writing, but I have not written a single script since then. And I wrote this short and it quarter placed in a quarter finalist out of, and, and it was like, I was of the top, like there was a thousand entries in this contest and I and I got in the top 15% at that point I think it was I'm, I'm, I may be misremembering some of that but anyway so I'm thinking to myself maybe there's something to this maybe I maybe I have not dialed in my passions because here I am somebody that knows so little about screenwriting uh and I and I got a quarter finalist and so that just kind of drove me to keep going it sounds like the telltale tooth or something, the, the, the kind of the Poe. <laughs> well, you know, I guess that's true. I guess that there is some sort of a Poe-inspired uh, horror there. Yeah, yeah. But, well, there's, you know, still, uh, it's fantastic. And to get in the quarters, though, I don't know. I was wondering, did your feet touch the ground for, what, was it a day, two days? Oh, my a week? gosh. I was, I was like, I remember I was, I was not feeling well the day I found out. And uh, I was just kind of feeling sick and... Uh, and I, I got that and boy, my mood turned around in a hurry. And I was just like, my heart was racing all afternoon. And I, and I just happened to think like, wow, maybe, maybe I need to explore this a little more. And it, it just, uh, because I've always really enjoyed writing. Uh, and the, the, I guess the crappy part is I'm 41 years old and I've only recently started to apply myself to it, you know, and really work at it. You know, it was always something I kind of did. It's just like once in a while when the mood hit me, but then, you know, I kind of, I've learned and I've been inspired by some of my influences. I've always said, you don't wait for inspiration. You just go for it and just start writing. And that's kind of what I've done since. Also, I've, I've been immersed in the movie review thing. And I started that just writing. I was watching over quarantine and it got some traction. Well, what it was, was I was able to share links to publishers and say, hey, look, this is I'm really interested in writing reviews. Uh, for your magazine or your website and here's some examples of my work and I had written for a couple of British publications online publications one of them was called film film hounds which actually has a published magazine but I never got the magazine there it was just on their website I did several reviews for them so then that gave me more traction to move forward and now I'm I've, my movie reviews published in a magazine called scream which is a, in the horror in the horror film community or the genre film community is pretty widely known um, in fact, the, the editor told me Guillermo del Toro is a subscriber to that magazine. Oh, uh, and so anyway, I have a friend who writes for them, and through him, I was able to connect with the editor, and I've 
my my first issue with reviews in it is out now in stores. Um, and you can find it at Barnes and Noble. I think you can find it at some WalMarts. But it's Scream S C R E E M issue number forty. It's got Nosferatu on the cover. I have three Vinegar Syndrome home review home video reviews in that magazine. Anyway, I'm I'm I'm, I'm tangential here. You're letting me get off the beaten track here. No, that's it's fine. And I by the way. I, we need to, I need to find a link to that, that magazine so people can look that up. But uh, yeah, I can uh, do that. Oh, send me one. Thank you. Well, first things first, I'll just tell you that I was, I was just about your age when I started taking writing more seriously. I'd written for years before, but mm-hmm. that's when I said to myself, I kind of put aside a lot of other stuff I thought I was going to do, but I said to myself, no, now I'm going to get serious. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I totally get it. You got plenty of time. I mean, if, if <laughs> I suspect your your next fifteen years are going to be incredible, so don't even worry about that. But I, I hope so. <laughs> but there was that. But I I think that and what I did. That's funny because I entered a short story contest right around then, uh, a few years I guess mm-hmm. into trying to be serious, and I forgot I entered it. And, oh. and then I got a check in the mail. Oh wow! <laughs> I got first place, and I didn't. Oh my god! I know. Wow. I forgot it was a it was the the Shelf Unbound Wattpad uh, partnered up. Shelf Unbound Literary Mag and uh-huh. Wattpad got together, and I I it was their short story, and I won. Wow! For this. Uh, it was and it's a, it's a decent story, but I just I just forgot about it. You know? Yeah. Yeah just just goes to show you and i don't know how many people entered i don't know it doesn't matter uh, that much but the fact is i have it and I, it's it's a credit i'm proud of well that's thanks awesome. yeah it's it, it's a good stuff so but i so i know you're the feeling though then when it hits you you're like and i'm just staring at this little check and i'm going wait and then i log on i find it and i had to like email the people at shelf on bath like i'm a little embarrassed i didn't see this <laughs> and they said it's okay um but anyway I understand that, and I'm, I'm excited for you because of this place you're you are in and at right now. And I'll I'll tell you this about what you're doing with the film criticism. You know, we have a mutual acquaintance who started out writing TV and film criticism for magazines such as what you're writing for, and now uh-huh. he's a showrunner in Hollywood. You do know well, that, right? I, I, yeah, I do know that. Yeah, <laughs> it crosses <laughs> my mind quite a bit. So, uh, and, well, it's interesting though, uh, and I know this is more of a creative more fictional based podcast but i will say that writing movie reviews and thinking critically about movies as i'm watching them and i yeah. and I, I usually try to come away with ideas about the themes of the movie because you can look you can go online and look up anything factoid wise about what what you want to find out about a movie you know uh as far as trivia goes but like for me a, a good a good film criticism comes from what is this movie about what themes is it playing with and so that get to my creative mind going when I'm writing something actually I just finished a short script I've had three short scripts now I'm working on a fourth and it was interesting like my recent one is a a short script called Isaac Frankenstein and it has nothing to do with with Frankenstein like the the classic Shelley character it was actually I got the name from a a book about New York City gangs early New York City gangs and one of the one of the people I'm like that's kind of a cool name anyway it's a civil war kind of uh, era set in the civil war at the end of the civil war i was playing with ideas of sameness and notions of like because it leads into like a cannibalistic kind of <laughs> ending yes uh, it does it, i've read it folks it's great it, and it's a then there's this body morph there's this body horror thing where one guy turns into another and there's kind of a little homosexual sort of theme in there so that i was just playing with all of these ideas of sameness and i don't i don't know what that means but it's a compelling thing to me and it's kind of a horror thing for me because i always found like doppelgangers and things like that 
are kind of terrifying. And, and so that's talking about themes, all this to say, film criticism has helped me think more about my own creative writing and how I want to put, try to make it about something, how to, how I want to make my scripts about something instead of it just being a monster story or. You're definitely, I think a thinking man's horror writer for sure. And I I think uh, having read, I've been privileged. You've shared a lot of your stuff with me and uh, you know, you, you're very painterly. You, I can see, I'm very, it's very vivid. I can see what you're doing. I like the, the, the story you just referenced. I, I could just see all that going on. And, <laughs> well, and thank it, you. Thank it you. was so, it was so delightfully uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. That's what I'm going for. I, I know you. Are. That's excellent. Well, I'm glad, like I said, I don't know if the themes work. I don't know if they even come across all the way. I, in my mind, they do. And at the end of the day, I'm really doing it for myself. And I think that's, right the idea you know right right well you know we're also both mutual fans of uh, probably the greatest living film critic in the world joe bob briggs oh my gosh i love joe bob also known as john bloom his his, his christian name or birth right. name whatever yeah well tell me about that when did you first encounter joe bob because uh, i'm a little older than you i remember joe bob from way back when monster vision oh my gosh you know I, when i was when i was growing up as a as a kid i I grew up in a place called Dawson Springs, Kentucky, and there's nothing there. It's, it's, it's really socio in terms of like, you know, I live in a bigger place now called Evansville, Indiana. You can pretty much go anywhere in the, in the internet age, you can get anything you want anywhere. But growing up in Dawson Springs, you know, there were no, you had a one video rental store where we lived, didn't have cable. You could barely get any comic books around there, things like that. So I, I knew about Joe Bob Briggs because my grandparents had cable and I would see him on there. But as I, I have only become a, a real Joe Bob fan, a big Joe Bob fan, and, and really kind of, an, you know, researched the guy as I've gotten older, just because he fascinates me and, and the way his film criticism comes across fascinates me. And I, I really connected with him when he came back to Shudder in 2018 and I'm watching him and he, the way he talks about movies is, is the way I, I want to talk about movies. And it's, you know, he can watch, uh, he can show a movie that's, just awful and we'll all agree that it's awful but he never talks down to it no and he always praises the creators and and cuts them slack in spite of you know for their cuts them slack in spite of their you know budgetary issues or whatever uh but at the end of the day i walk away from a movie that joe bob has critiqued i've read a lot of his reviews and i feel like you know i want to see that movie and we we can all agree that it's it's maybe not be very good, but it's going to be entertaining. And that's kind of my, been my approach to how I, I want to review movies because it doesn't, like I said, it's so easy to shoot things down, yeah. especially in this day and age. And I don't want to be that person. And it's so, you know, snark is fun and snark is easy. And it, but so many people do it. So many people do it. And I, I try not to do that. And if I, and if I, anything I say in a review is snarky, it's, it's from, comes from a very good place yeah. because by the end of the review, you'll see that, well, you should really watch this film and judge for yourself. See, I caught that uh, when I initially discovered you on Twitter is that you're always so respectful of other opinions. And as, and by the way, listeners, Lucas and I are, are, are better friends now and we talk offline. And I mean, I, you know, the, don't go get me right. The guys, you know, not, never expressing you know uh, disdain for certain things okay but but what i love about it is like you just said it's a lot like john bloom it's a lot like joe bob he may say look we he'll laughingly say this is probably not an academy award winner folks but they got heart you know and 
I think that you're that way too. And I think that's a great influence that you have. And I've always admired that about him too, because as you said, it is so much easier just to be that a-hole who's who's got a smart remark for everything. And but when I say smart, I mean smart ass remark about yeah. everything, but not really not really how does that move the culture forward if all we do is shoot things down i mean my god if somebody had shot my first actual published book down i mean would i have seven more books you know 15 years later probably not or if it really just got destroyed by the critics i don't know i maybe i would have given up then again that's probably not true but um but still some people might and you don't want to do that and i, I like how you're encouraging of that and even if it's just like I said on Twitter, when we're just batting Star Trek news and stuff back and forth, you're you're funny, and occasionally you'll dip into a mild snark, but you never put anybody down. And I just think that's, I think that if we're ever going to reclaim the internet for decent people, that's <laughs> that's what it's going to take, my well, brother. Well, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. You know, I, I also it's 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 a nice challenge to try to find something, you know, and to say it in a in a funny, truthful way. You know, right. to say to talk about a film in a truthful way that has a bit of, that has a kind of a humorous conversational thread through it. That's been a challenge, you know, I, and I, I want to make every line of anything I'm writing be worth reading, you know, and that, that was something else I heard Joe Bob say in an interview one time, he says, nobody seems to care. And I, maybe I shouldn't be quoting him on there, but uh, I think I'm paraphrasing, but he said along the lines that nobody seems to care about every single word that they're writing, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of throwaway writing out there. That's me talking, you know, but I want to make anything I'm writing enjoyable to read line by line, you know, mm. and is, is it always successful? No, but the, the heart is there and the effort is there. It's definitely there. Now you've met Joe Bob and Darcy yes. the Mail Girl, right? Tell us a little yes. about that. Tell us. Yes, I met him a couple of years ago. Uh, he did a, he does this great lecture called how Net Redneck saved Hollywood. And it right. goes through the history of where rednecks came from. And it really, I mean, it's really a vast history, but then it gets into, it goes into the first hillbilly Hollywood films and how over the course of time, it has become politically correct to make certain groups of people villains throughout film history. And all that's left now is the redneck. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great two hour. I mean, and it's, I mean, it's funny and it's entertaining, but it's also like kind of a crash course lecture in exploitation film you yeah. know i've heard him say he doesn't like to have it called a lecture but it, it's it's a lecture and it's one of the most more fun entertaining lectures i've ever had and but that's I thought, i'm sorry ahead, to inter- i'm going to interrupt you real quick so the only way you can see it is live right i've looked online uh, right yeah you- yeah he does a touring show and he comes to i mean he comes to uh i mean a lot of just kind of oddball cities too like wherever he can book a venue it seems like he's going but he's been to louisville twice and both times i've, I've met him and darcy the male girl. And if you're not familiar, their show is the last drive-in on shutter. That's their televised show, but this is his one man show he does on the road. And they are so gracious with the audience. They will stay. They do a meet and greet before they do a meet and greet after, and they will stay until they've met everybody that wants to meet them. Wow. Uh, they're so kind. And I had a letter read on the last drive-in a couple <laughs> of years ago. Um, actually, you can go see it now. If, if Ginger Snaps is playing still on the last drive-in season three, my Joe Bob reads my letter at the end of it and I kind of say to him in that letter what I've talked about here how everybody loves Joe Bob because he he the way he talks about film you know and um, how enthusiastic he is about film it got read on air and so this year when I saw him in Louisville I was back in June 
uh, I told him, I said, you know, I, I, I read your, or you read my letter on your show. And I said, I, and I'd sent him this, this uh, mock-up model kit, uh, model box of an Aurora model box of, of John Zacherly, who's, you know, the, 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 the cool ghoul uh, horror host from years and years ago. Right. A friend of mine made up this mock-up box and he had told this story about John Zacherly on one of his episodes, John, Joe Bob did. And so I sent this to him as a gift. And I, when I saw him at the, at, at the show this year, you know, he, I said, I sent you the Zachary box. He says, Oh yeah, I remember that. You know? And I said, you read my letter. He goes, I remember that too. And he was just very kind, very gracious. Mm. He signed my book. Uh, and actually as John Bloom, he wrote this amazing book called eccentric orbits about the satellite phone industry. I mean, it sounds so boring, but I was immensely entertained by reading this because he approaches it with a sense of wonder and, and bafflement that, we all have about about this story and i i brought that book to him and i said and i said i may be the only one here with this he said i think you are he said did you he said did you read the whole thing i said i sure did and i said it was one of my favorite books i read that year so anyway that's a very anecdotal but yeah no i love that did, did you say to him though if you know what i mean and i think you do yeah, yeah. actually you know what i you know what i did what is i i gave him a copy of that scream magazine with my reviews in it and i booked i bookmarked them all and i said i said there's a great nosferatu article in here i said but i've also got some reviews in the back if you want to check them out so. good for you well done that's what you, you do thank you <laughs> oh, i don't man. know he might have went in the trash as soon as he left i don't know oh listen you're looking at a guy who used to like go to public libraries and put his books on the shelves <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> oh my god I, was, I kept waiting for you know some library to call and say sir please stop <laughs> but but the good news is i finally got into library so i don't have to do that anymore. that's so, great yeah but i mean i'll tell you yeah i used to, i mean shit i even once put one in a bookstore <laughs> oh did you really oh yeah wow. i just wow. thought i hope somebody took it up to the register but i i i'm sure it went right in the trash but anyway <laughs> I, I love that and uh, is is darcy a sweetheart oh she's so sweet she uh she was she actually what was it the uh i was talking to her about the, the zacherly thing and she just lit up and remembered that right away and was so just like oh thank you so much for sending that it was we loved your letter we loved your gift she's she's and she's really the heart of of all of this like joe bob has a lot of heart but it's 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 fun to see darcy kind of keep the the engine going there she's she's really something i heard him on charlie band's uh show his mm -hmm. new podcast have you heard that one yet yes i did yeah mm -hmm. and he gives her a lot of credit for for stuff yeah, well, he says, you know, she's one male girl he's ever had that checks the mail, you know, <laughs> actually I, handles the mail. She actually, yeah, she actually, like you said, she drives things. And she, I think, I don't know if she gets that as a credit. She should be at least an associate producer of that show, the work, the oh, work yeah. she appears to do. But, yeah. but she seems delightful and interesting. And uh, one of my most pr uh, treasured possessions is a framed autograph poster. And I don't know, somebody I know uh, got that to me. I don't know who... <laughs> And, That's he's, awesome. He's a super generous person. So let's talk a little bit about charting your course. I'm very interested to know, Lucas, you obviously are not just tactical. You are strategic. And if, forgive me for doing it this way, but it's true. You, you can't just say, well, I'm writing. We'll see what happens. No, you're charting a course. You are writing criticism. You are entering contests. You are making contacts literally through social media and in person with people who potentially could help you move forward. Is that the plan? What is the plan for you? Because I think people listening now want to hear what 
a guy who's really putting the pedal to the metal at age 41 is going to do for his career? Well, I just want to start out by saying, like, I work a, a 40, 50 plus hour week job at a manufacturing facility nearby, and uh, it pays the bills. It's my not my dream job by any means, it's, but it's a decent paying job and it's a living. And I have a 10 month, 11, almost 11 month old baby here at home. There's yeah. not a lot of time to do writing at all through the course of my day. And I have to get really passionate about writing and I have to be really committed to any free moment I have to writing. And I'm yeah. going to tell you, if anybody out there says, well, I don't have this software and I don't have a computer. That's dude. We all got a smartphone in our hands now. Yep. I wrote my last short script. I wrote, I wrote in Apple notes. You did know, you did you write it at work personally on breaks? I, I, yeah, I wrote it on breaks at work. Like I would, <laughs> like I get to work a little bit early. That's twenty minutes early. And if you know, usually I'm reading a book. I usually I use that time up. If I'm not reading a book, I'm writing a review. I'm writing a screenplay. When I go on my breaks, especially at my lunch break, particularly because I have a longer stretch of time, uh, I'll eat my lunch and then it's you know I'm hitting the keyboard. I'm here or I'm tapping. I just recently got a wireless keyboard. Somebody tipped me. I'm saying you should really get a Bluetooth keyboard. And so I did. And now I can type like, um, but I'm on, on my phone, typing it out, typing stuff on my phone. And that I make use of every minute free time I get wow. uh, to write. And then when I go and get home in the day, at the end of the day, it's baby time. I get about an hour and a half to watch TV with my wife. And then I got to go to bed. because my day starts really, really early. But I've come to a place now where I feel like if I'm not writing something, if I don't have a project going, then then my mind, then I don't feel really good about myself. Honestly. Right. Right. Uh, it's I've, I've, like the other day I, I was kind of kind of caught up on things right now. I actually have got a couple more movie reviews, but I hadn't watched the movies yet. <laughs> and I finished this. I'm waiting to, for some feedback on this latest horror short. And I'm like, what do I do with myself? I don't have anything to work on in my free time at work. And, but then I dug up an old script that I had kind of tooled around with early on and I started I started messing with that, you know, but it makes because it makes me feel good to have accomplished writing something, you know, yeah, and absolutely. That's how I, I figured out like that. This is like kind of my passion. And, you know, people say I'm a big fan of like you are not what you do for a living. Right. Uh, because uh, especially where I live in the in, in the Midwest, I mean, it's like there's no place I can go and earn a living doing this where I live. So I'm, but I'm, I'm not a manufacturer person as defined. I'm a writer. I like to say that I'm a writer and I defined myself that a couple of years ago when I just started writing all the time. You know, if you were to ask me what I am, I'm a writer. What I earn to do to earn a living, I work at a factory, you know, there you go. So I, I anyway, so to answer your question, this is kind of a really long winded deal. No. Um, uh, to answer your question, what's next? How, what's my strategy? My strategy is to, you know, I think, I feel like entering these contests is like mm -hmm. probably the easiest way to try to get any attention because like I have a profile and I'll send you a link. It's on Coverfly where you can go and download my scripts and read them. Anybody that gets on Coverfly or has a Coverfly account can go look at them. That's primarily the the source where I go and find contests and enter my scripts into contests, but it's mm -hmm. also, there's a lot of creative Hollywood people are on there and that's how they find people is they go and they just look at scripts on there too. Uh, and a lot of times these contests I enter, there's, there's, you know, bigger names involved in reading scripts uh, in these contests for judging them. And right. so my, my game is, my goal is 
you know, it, it takes a lot to write even just a short script, especially on the time constraints I'm in. Yeah. If I can crank out one short script a year, I feel like I'm doing okay, you know? Yeah. On, on top of everything else I got going on with, like, I've got four reviews I got to have done by September 8th. Plus, I got another uh, essay I got to do before the end of November, you know? So there's a lot going on uh, for me, especially with working. But if I can just keep writing, if I can always have a horse short going, uh, and, and keep entering contests I, and keep getting better and keep I've got a couple of friends uh, screenwriter friends that that I've loved that I've found through these contests that are happy to look at my work and give me notes and feedback uh, and if I can if I can keep entering contests and doing this then I'm then I'm surely at some point if something hits great if it don't I'm I'm trying and as long as I can be hopeful and keep trying and that's what matters and as far as the movie review stuff go, goes, I'm telling you, my dream gig, if you work for Arrow Video and you're listening, I would love to write an essay for essay booklet for one of your future releases uh, for Arrow DVD home video release. Uh, and, and I'm hoping, you know, uh, if I continue to write for magazines, that that would just continue to escalate and become more. Errol, you should you should really listen if Errol's out there listening because seriously, I've read your you'd be great. You know the the liner notes right for for these yeah. movies. You know, yeah. I mean, you would be fantastic at this. And you know, one of these days, uh, Joe Pop's gonna have to have to vacate that lawn chair. So, I'm, <laughs> listen, I'm serious. You know, it's it it's amazing to me because I I'm a dabbler uh, in a lot of things and I I like horror. But man, you're like on Twitter sometimes and I you're like clicking to something. And you're like course leave it to my wife to walk in on the most depraved moment of this video and then i look at the video and i'm like the whole freaking thing is depraved oh my god you know but i love that i love that um you know i wanted to say one thing i i try, I try not to make this about myself but you remind me of myself a little bit and i'll tell you when you said though that you know uh you got a 10 month old baby dude that's mm -hmm. where i was exact same age i had Are a baby you serious oh that, my gosh wow. uh, and I, and I just started, I started my, uh, soon after started my own business. So I was working 60 hours a week, easy, but I managed still somehow to squeeze in, you know, writing and, and it was the, you know, keeps me sane is kind of cliche, but it, it was the thing that was mine. And it was also, mm -hmm. to me, it was like this message in a bottle I would throw out there. And I thought like, like a contest too, right? These yeah. are like little messages in a bottle. Maybe somebody mm -hmm. will read it. Maybe the right person. Of course, it only took about 15 years. And then all of a sudden, uh, a Hollywood uh, producer meets me and gives me an opportunity. But the it's point is the, the first step, man. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think based on job one being dad and, and husband and, mm -hmm. you know, the job two earning a living, you know, I think it sounds to me like your strategies is great. And, you know, don't be surprised if, if you don't get uh, that figurative knock on the door, man. I, I'm very impressed. I, I just, I admire the hell out of you. And I think you're, besides being a hell of a nice guy, you're a great writer. And I, I think you got, I think you got a future. I really do. Well, I appreciate that. That's very encouraging for me. And, and especially, you know, I mean, I, it's hard. I don't even know where I, I sit in, in the spectrum. I mean, well, I know where I sit in the spectrum of things, but it doesn't it doesn't really occur to me enough to even be concerned that I'm not getting somewhere because I'm so low on the totem pole. But I, I just have a passion and I just try to keep exercising that riding muscle to to satisfy that passion, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it, what drives me crazy is when there's 
uh, we see it all the time. And I was probably a little hard on somebody recently, but it was one of those tweets where basically they were just like talking about how tough it is to be a writer. And I basically said, probably snarkily, it's tougher to be a writer when you don't write. Because you just, it's just some of these people are like, yeah. look at, you know, I'm hashtag writer life and all this stuff. Right. I'm, I'm just like, keep the, you know, it's like Stephen King said in on writing, you know, work with the door closed until it's time, yeah. you know, but, yeah. but I, I don't spend a hell of a lot of time telling people how, how busy I am writing. I don't know. It, I, I just think if you're really, really into your craft, you, you spend a little less time doing that and more focusing on getting better. Yeah. I try not to, I like to talk about things I'm working on. Cause that's just fun to do, but I don't yeah. a lot of, I know others and I, and it's, I shouldn't rag on anybody. I don't know people, but people say this sort of thing. Well, you know, I spent a lot of time writing, but I don't write anything. And I'm just thinking about, well, there is some truth to that. You know, sure. I, I spend a lot of time brainstorming on my commute to work. If you're not sitting down five minutes a day, at least, and putting something down that you can even go back to, you know, I don't know if you can, if you can claim it, but yeah, you it's, know, it's daydreaming. It's not writing. You know, I, I, like I said, I think I've said before, I, I probably write less than an hour a day, but I'm, I feel very productive in what oh. I'm doing. And that, and that 45 minutes, I maybe, maybe an hour a day that I get to write. I feel very productive in, in that. If you told me that, that, I mean, I don't think I knew really that that's the only, that how much time you actually spend writing because your output is so, so voluminous. It really is. I mean, the things you're doing and you're not just ripping off stuff. When I say ripping off, I mean not like stealing. I mean like you're just ripping yeah. it out. You know what I mean? You're not just ripping off stuff and down the not ripping off. What's the word? Just ripping down the page. You know, right, right. You're right. You're, you're really, I mean, film criticism is my real attention and thinking mm -hmm. it's not any good. So you're doing that, plus the your fiction, the, the work you're doing in screenplays and stuff. So I get that. I I admire that. I just think people should should learn from that. And I I like I like the fact that here we are talking to you again at the beginning here for you, more or less. The, the work ethic is there. It's huge. So can you imagine if you actually had, you know, more time? I don't even know what you do. With oh, my gosh. I, I, day, I daydream. About, and I'll tell you something I did a couple of years ago. I've been reading, you know, you're a big Star Trek fan. I'm a big Star Trek fan. I was reading the Mark Cushman books called These Are the Voyages, which basically profiles every single episode and the making of Star Trek, the original right. series. And what I found interesting was all the, the they were bringing these script writers and they would in, they would submit a script and DC Fontana looks at it and Gene Kuhn looks at it and like, well, this is crap. We got to rewrite it or we got to give it back to them and let them rewrite it. And in a week, they're rewriting these scripts. And in a week's time, you've got these writers writing scripts, rewriting. And I saw, I put myself to the test one time and I'm like, if and I, if I if I applied myself an hour and a half a day to writing a Star Trek script, could I do it inside a week? I got about halfway there. <laughs> I wrote about half of a, of a Star Trek script in about a week's time. I just wanted to see if I could do it, you know, and, and you know, you have to consider that I'm not an experienced writer uh, or I wasn't at that time. I, I feel more experienced now. But uh, to me, that was a fascinating exercise. And I and I would think to myself, what if I had all day? Yeah. What if I had all day as someone gives me a check to write and I have all day to write it? I think I could do something in a day <laughs> or two days time, you know, or a week's time, you know. You know, I, that's funny you say that. And by the way, I've read that Star Trek script and uh, it, I, I'll never I, I was reading a, this guy has the voices down. You know, the character voices were there. I loved let, it. So let me just say just real quick. Uh, I love I loved writing those characters because I've watched a lot of Star Trek and it was just so much fun to play in that sandbox. Yeah. Um, and, and what I've, what I've, I was telling a friend of mine recently that when I'm writing character, I, I, I just can't hardly write 
just regular people <laughs> dialogue. <laughs> it's right. so hard to write just regular people dialogue. So I have to, the characters are, I feel like all my characters are almost character actor roles. And I get to write this heightened dialogue, like in Isaac Frankenstein, these characters are, they're Southern and, and it's a horror. So it's, it's a horror thing. So it's very extremely, you know, uh, everything's got the volume turned up on it. Right. And, and they've got Southern accents. They're talking in a, in a, in a period voice. One character talks in a very sarcastic, has a very sarcastic demeanor throughout. Uh, and it's just, it's so much fun to just, and, and you know, honestly, that script came to life when I, when I introduced the Isaac Frankenstein character and that's when, and, and I got his voice and I'm like, wow, this thing is on. And I, and I finished that in like a day and a half after I got, after I got that, got him in there. So oh, I just love, I love writing character dialogue. Yeah. It's to me, my books are pretty heavy dialogue. I'm pretty spare. Otherwise I love the dialogue too. You know, I really love your dialogue in your books. I, I've read, I'm reading oh. pilots faith right now. And oh, thank you. And, and it's uh, you're very visual and uh, you get so much. I mean, it's, it's almost like reading a screenplay because you get so much across and just body language and it tells the story. You know, they say in screenwriting, you should show and not tell. Right. And that means less dialogue, you know, but, uh, you've got a great balance of both. And I, I really, I really, I get a, you know, you're talking about people's eye line and that just says so much about their body language and how they feel in that moment that they're, that they're speaking or about to speak or not speaking at all. So I'm really, I'm really enjoying that book. Thank you. Thank you. You're very kind. I appreciate that. That it's, it's just the only way I can do it. You know, I've tried to be a little more expansive with all you know and not doing it that way it's just not the way i am but uh it's not, i'm glad you're enjoying it i really am but you know i was going to say that if i had you know when i had the screenplay thing going i knew what was going to happen i had the contract to write the treatment and then the first draft and i knew they were either going to hand it off to another writer to who's more experienced or tell me to keep like he did with the treatment go back and do this and change that but I kept thinking, this is my mind going in overdrive. I was like, God, what would happen if like an experienced Hollywood hand or somebody he's worked with before has written a couple of screenplays? Uh, I'm going to be so intimidated, you know, but uh -huh. I'm going to, I'm going to show up though at work figuratively, you know, with my, with a pencil box and, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, my, and my sack lunch and I'm going to yeah. just, <laughs> I'm here to work. Yeah. And cause I, you see so much stuff like, uh, I watched what we leave behind again the other day for the, the, mm -hmm. the deep space nine. Oh yeah. Thing. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, you see the writer's room and uh, you know, that's, that's what the, that's what it is these days. They're, you're breaking yeah. the story. You're sitting in a room and you know, that's how a lot of people get their start. If I were, if I were starting over, if I were in my twenties, I would be trying to be a writer's room assistant somewhere, you know? Oh my gosh. That's it. Yeah. That's a dream gig. If you got no family, no kids and, and don't care if you don't make any money, that's the place to start, you know? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. That, and it's that the writer's room thing is kind of interesting to me. Just, I mean, I don't know anything about it other than what I've seen on DVD features. And it seems to me like you got a bunch of writers, they break a story and then, you know, you get to write this episode. Yeah. You write that episode and then it then it's just a matter of they just put down dialogue and action and it's not like that they're coming up with anything particularly unique to their voice they're just almost craftsmen in a way yeah and i don't know if that's right or not honestly if anybody's listening to the, the screenwriting and in a writer's room yeah i may be totally wrong it seems like it though i mean and and you know you've got to know that like the uh, script supervisor or whoever's in charge of the writers or the head writer knows okay you know what uh hardwick's really good 
on this on the kind of the spooky stuff here greenwood's decent on dialogue uh, either either let's put them together on that one or yeah. you know what i mean and uh yeah. and then johnny smith or jane smith over here she's great with the with the more romantic thing you know so right. you got to assign to the right person i think and that's yeah. a lot of yeah. it but but anyway but my gosh it's gone so fast so uh, as we're starting to wrap up here though uh two things first thing mm-hmm. i'd love to have you back just but just to like ask your opinions about like stuff we watch and pop culture and, and oh, movies my gosh would you do I, it i totally would yeah. i'm putting you on the spot here you know okay. you, what's, what's he gonna say folks no alex i i don't want to do that no but. i had a crappy time no i would love to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well you know what i think we should do is think about that if you do have time to do it maybe we'll talk offline but maybe you pick out some some stuff that I don't, i'll just bring you on every now and then and say this is uh you know hardwick's picks and uh, you just tell us what you're you're watching and reading and what we should look at Oh my gosh! Yeah, that that sounds like a, a blast. Really, I, I I had some friends tell me, well, you should do a YouTube uh, channel thing. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, well, one, I don't know how to do that, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't have time to learn how to do that. Yeah, you but, don't. <laughs> but um, you know, I mean, I, I I'm thinking like, who, you know, so, well, this is me going off on a tangent again. But like, there's a lot of podcasts, there's a lot of YouTube channels. It's people they like to hear what they they like to hear themselves talk. And we all love to hear ourselves talk. I don't mm-hmm. want, if I were to do anything like that, I don't want it to be like that, you know? So, you know, it would require a little thought, but anyway, back to your answer, your question, I would love to come back and talk movies with you. I mean, I mean, my gosh, or whatever, or whatever I'm reading or whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, all right, then we're going to, we're going to make that happen, Captain. So the other thing too is, have you thought, and I know you do, do obviously lean towards screenplays, but have you thought of a novel? Oh my gosh. You know what? Right. Reading your book has made me think more about it than anything recently i'm not a big fiction guy honestly hmm. um I, I don't read a lot of fiction i, I love non-fiction you know i read dune well i read dune recently and that was a, a fantastic book but man it, it you'll be done with fiction for a little bit after that you know I mean? you're, oh yeah you're ready for something else for a while you know fixed like to write a book is like in the screenplay it's very exact you know exactly what you need to be doing but it seems like in a in a novel the world is so much more open you can spend a page diving into somebody's thoughts you know which is what makes it a novel you know so i i've thought about it and actually like i said i've thought about it more after reading your book recently than i ever ever thought about it before so yeah it's not out of the realm of possibility you know well i thought you were going to say because got it God, if you can do it, I could do it. So <laughs> that's okay if you thought that. You know what? Oh. I, I that's why. But you know what? That's why I write what I write. The genre. I am, I, and I have tried, and I have pretensions of writing the quote great American novel or the mainstream, you know, t- the, the the novel that the New York Times would eat up. You know, uh, I'm not so lucky with that. Uh, I've I've got a few things I'm working on now, which I'll talk about later in the season. But um, I'll look forward to it. Well, thank you, but it's I'll tell you, you know, you you get you, you gravitate towards what you love, and it's yeah. very evident that you love film, and uh, I I just been thrilled lucas to have you here let me ask real quick i'm going to put some links in the show notes i'll put your twitter link and you've got a great column you do when you find the time for medium so i'll put a link there but okay. you said you might share some other links again there uh yeah i well uh, the only way you can read the scream reviews is if you go buy the magazine but you can order through the scream website there's also a british magazine that i've written a couple essays for called we belong dead and those are a little more pricey just because they're coming from overseas but uh i've got a couple and i've got well, I've got an essay I got to do for that coming up for the Christmas issue of that. Yeah. Um, well, so well, we, I, I can show you some links to that. 
I'm trying to think of what else uh, if there's yeah. anyone else right now. I can't think of well, there's something you might share with me about where I can read stuff that you do uh, for film and stuff like that. Maybe not. Maybe I misheard you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I have a, well, there's a Coverfly account. Cover. Uh, that's it. Yeah. yeah that's I something think I was thinking I should get into is actually, is that something I should know, do? Yeah. I, actually, a friend of mine, I told a friend, a friend of mine writes, um, he's written a children's young adult novel. Hmm. His, his, uh, his name is Bill Wiest and he's been shopping and around trying to get some attention with it me and him have talked back and forth a few times about, you know, what all we're working on. And I said, you know, maybe you should try in a contest. And he went on cover fly and film freeway. And I think they do book contests on there too. Oh. Uh, uh, and, and short story content, it, because there's, it's a home for putting your work as a database, but it's also a place where you can shop contests. I'm going to look into that. And uh, is it, it's just basically you just set it up and you're yourself or do you connect, like make friends uh, on it or you can, well, um, uh, you can connect if you want to go and read other people's work hmm. you can you can ask to download it they'll send you a pdf or it's maybe right there where you can download it i think it's that where you can download a pdf of their work and read it and offer notes and free and feedback um, i know that's i know that's true on coverfly and actually it's it's crazy i'll be checking my email and there's an email from coverfly saying so and so down you know uh, you had, we had a user download your script today which is encouraging you know you never know who it's going to be right i mean it, it, sometimes it's just contest people that have downloaded it to read it but sometimes it's just people that are curious to read it you know yeah it's, a, it's what happens when i get a stray sale of a book i'm like where the hell i mean this is a book mm -hmm. i wrote 10 years ago somebody just bought it how nice uh lucas hardwick i think we are just at the beginning not only are you at the beginning of i think a great writing career we're at the beginning i think of hopefully you can appear back here um mysterious goings on more often I, so I thank you very to. much well thank you thank you so much sir and well, thank uh, you for having me this is this has been a real treat this is my first podcast experience uh my first zoom experience believe it or not so <laughs> yeah this has been great Hey there, friends. I hope you're continuing to enjoy Mysterious Goings On. My goodness, we're at season 10. And you know, I want to keep growing this show. We've got a fine audience out there. You are obviously one of them. But I'd love to reach more people. And one of the best ways to get the word out is a little bit of third-party recognition. And award nominations are a big help in getting that. So if you enjoy my show, I'd appreciate your help spreading the word by nominating Mysterious Goings On for a Crowd Ultra Podcast Award. Now, wait a minute, just before you start going, I don't have time for that. You don't have to register. You don't have to buy anything. It's free. Takes about a minute. And I've got a link in the show notes for you. Just click on that link and go in there. And we're trying to get Mysterious Goings On nominated for Best Literature Podcast of the Year. So it'd be great if you go to the link in the show notes to crowdultra.com slash crowdultrapodcastawards2022.php. Again, go find the link in the show notes and nominate Mysterious Goings On. They're going to ask you a couple of things in the nomination form. One is the link to the show, which is mgopod.com. They're going to ask you what the show's about. You know what it's about, but if you are unsure, go where you're listening to this podcast right now. Say you're on Apple Podcasts. There's a little about the show biography there on the page at Apple Podcasts. And you just copy and paste that in there. And then it asks you why you're nominating us. So, I mean, I, I hope you'll nominate because you think I'm a decent host who gets good interviews out of interesting people. That's all it takes. It would be a big help. If you're wanting to do it, but you're a little shaky on how to do it, feel free to get a hold of me. No big deal. Just go to team at alex 
gpr.com and say, Alex, give me a hand here on this here nomination. Again, I really would appreciate your help in growing the show. And I think getting a Podcast of the Year nomination would be a big help. And what we'll do with it, of course, is promote that. Let everybody know we're a quality show. We've got some things to say that are worth hearing. Nominations close November 1, 2022. So hurry. Be sure to nominate us for Best Literature Podcast. Thanks so much, my friends. Thanks for joining us on Mysterious Goings On. Be sure to follow Mysterious Goings On wherever you get your podcast and never miss an episode. Don't forget, you can get the links to books and other things mentioned on the show at mgopod.com. Until next time, keep reading. Keep reading.